0: Video vampires with Jessica and Mickey. Um, so I feel like it's been a little while since we last talked and I haven't watched as much as I thought because I've just been like swallowing the Sopranos. That's all I've been watching. Um, that sounded
1: way worse than I think you meant
0: yeah. to sound, but <laughs> keep going. I've just been like, that's the only thing I've been watching a little bit here and there, like through the time to break up because I've become very aggressive also watching it.
1: And but you've never seen it before, right? No, we I've never
0: this. seen it before. Okay. That's why I'm, you yeah. know, focusing on it because I'm in the last, I'm in the last season now. I finally made it. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, wow, I fucking hate everyone. There's not like really one redeeming soul in this whole place. Maybe Silvio. I mean, <laughs> he was probably the least, you know, horrific out of all of them. <laughs> um, but it's, it is, it's like hilarious and like dark. Um, yeah, but it's good. I, I mean, it is, it's great. Um, season four was probably my favorite so far. Uh, and then in between that, I finally watched The Bear. And I talked about this because I was, like, kind of talking shit about it because I only watched one episode, and I was like, eh.
1: Okay, so have you watched both seasons or you just watched yeah, the first no, season?
0: Yeah, no, I finally watched both seasons.
1: I haven't seen the second season, but – What? I know. My my wife burns through – like, my – you know, I just – whatever. I got I got shit to do, son. Um, But that first <laughs> season, that one episode, like, the episode that everybody talks about because it's pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. The one that's, like, all done in one take, Brilliant.
0: It's So I, I wasn't convinced that it was the masterpiece everyone was talking about until the second season. Watching the second season, I was like, okay, this is why everyone likes this show. Like, yeah. it makes sense. And everyone is really great. Um, it's just a good show. And everyone has talked about the Feast of the Seven Fishes episode, which is really fucking funny. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in it. Yeah. It's It's really good. And it kind of reminds me, you know, I feel like, Chicago and Chica- Chicagoans. What are you? What do you call them? Are kind of sure. like Bostonians in a way of like being from a, I don't know, a northern city, I guess, if you will. Well,
1: I I guess I'm wondering because like my brother-in-law's um, from Chicago. He was, you know, he was raised in Chicago, and like, you know, the running joke that we have, or that I mean, I should say, I shouldn't say we because I don't know if he's in on the joke, but is he? all he does is he talks about how great Chicago is. And I make fun of him for it all the time. Like, we'll be doing something. Like, oh, you know, that started in Chicago. I'm like, don't fucking care, you know? But mm-hmm. I also realize that I have the same thing about L.A., you know, where I, I will do the same thing about Los Angeles. So I yeah. think it's just... But it is funny to me that, like, there the one similarity between Boston and Chicago is that, like, people who are from Chicago, they fucking love Chicago. Yeah. Most people from Boston... <laughs> love Bo- you know what i mean like yeah or, or you move to the the west coast you know what i mean like i i if you meet very few people who are like i'm gonna move down to another eastern east coast city you know it's like i know a few who moved to new york but like for the most part it's like people i know in boston stayed in boston you know yeah,
0: they're like lifers
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh so loved it really did like the second season um and then two shows that i watched on apple plus were the crowded room which a lot of people were talking about tom holland especially Um, when people play these like really complex like deeply dark characters Um, um they probably have to go to therapy like i can't imagine what that's like to be like that character for that long and like playing a completely insane like horrible type of person um not the show made him way less horrible i guess it's based on a real guy who was like a serial rapist and then mm. claimed that he had multiple personality disorder it was like one of the first cases mm. um but yeah so they kind of like changed around the story a little bit um it was like attempted murder instead of rape i guess to like maybe i don't know die down the story <laughs> a little bit so people won't be so angry about it since it seems to be such a a hotter topic than murder um but yeah so liked it it's okay. it's not great but it's like watchable tom holland is watchable amanda Seifried, what's her
1: name seyfried yeah
0: seyfried yeah she's she's good i feel like she just plays like her same alien looking self and everything That's except for it. except for when she played that theranus chick i can't remember her name yeah the what's her name
1: <laughs> in what
0: I'll remember I'll remember later on and I'll I'll mention that. And you'll and then, blurt it out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um I like her, uh, but I don't think that she's much different in most of the roles that she's done. Uh and so it was whatever. And then I watched Silo, which have you heard about it or Mm-mm. it's one of these like uh we're in an underground silo but we don't know why and we have to keep doing the same thing over and over we'll all die but we don't really know like who told us that we're all gonna die. It's just like this passed down like folklore. And so mm. it's basically about like the people in the silo and like the truths that they find out and who's hiding what. Um I I like it. It's actually really good. It's one of I feel like it's one of Apple Plus like better um science fiction shows. Mm. And then I basically watch these two blockbuster hits because i was really bored i i read somewhere that interstellar was one of uh christopher nolan's like lowest rated movies and so i was like oh i'll just rewatch that okay but i i honestly really like interstellar uh, christopher nolan and i talked about the prestige maybe last episode or the episode yeah. before but he takes a very literal approach to very complex or like almost mystical things so comic book things and he makes them so literal. It's it's actually really funny to me, um, like, his take on Interstellar and, like, what they build and, like, how to make it look as real as possible rather than, like, leaving anything to fantasy. So, I don't know. I, I do really like Interstellar, to be honest. Um, and then I rewatched Titanic because, you know, all, all the things with the submarine and those billionaires dying. I was like, yeah, this is a good one to watch.
1: Yeah, that's weird because Titanic came up with a conversation the other day, too. Um,
0: When's the last time you've seen it?
1: When did it come out? Ninety-five. Yeah, dang. Probably ni- very... nineteen ninety-six. I don't. Need oh to my see god! It really? It's yeah.
0: kind of. It's like not a great love story, or I guess like if for a teen girl at that age, like it is because Leonardo DiCaprio was a heartthrob. But I mean, for the production, it's amazing. Like his. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm going to want if look if I'm going to rewatch a, a James Cameron movie which I have it's going to be I can name four off the top of my list and Titanic does not
0: I feel like people downplay Titanic because of how popular it got <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody downplayed Terminator 2, though, even though despite how popular that movie was. I mean, I've
0: also seen Terminator 2 probably at least a thousand times. I'm not even joking. That's like a real number. I've probably seen it.
1: Yeah, I feel like there was a trip that we, I think it was the last trip that we went on working together, and I feel like we try. I know we forced this co-worker of ours to watch The Shining. I could have swore we also were flipping through the channels, and Terminator 2 was on, so we were like, oh, we're also watching this, and yeah. like, um, but I've watched it multiple times since then, but, um, that one still holds up. Titanic just never did it for me. I mean, like, the story, the effects are cool, but the story just is shit, and like, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, and the Abyss, um, and Aliens, all of those... The effects are cool, and so is the story. So that's why I'm like, that's not, that's the top of my list. But <laughs> I, we were just talking about how, like, James Cameron's kind of lost his fucking mind after Titanic. Oh, yeah. Like, he's no, he convinced totally. that he's a really good writer.
0: Uh, Well, he's also done a lot of other things that make me really laugh that also make me think he's a psycho. Like, he had a whole thing proving that Jack couldn't fit on the door because of how many people were talking about it. And so yeah. I think that's really funny that he even paid attention and gave it energy <laughs>
1: like must be nice but, to be rich I know, <laughs> you know? Exac-
0: exactly um, and so I also watched the Serbian film which uh, we'll talk about more a little bit later in our future film but yeah for sure because we were we're, we're still kind of going around the world and you had a really interesting pick and then yeah. I found this movie on um, it's like Eastern European moviescom you can like buy a pass and like watch whatever you want for a day Um, And I used it before when we did Russia, um, too, and, like, some other um, Soviet movies are on there. And so I watched Strangler vs. Strangler, which is a really interesting horror comedy, Uh, 1984, I believe, out of Serbia, and it's in some of the reviews someone said it's like the pink panther and psycho mixed together which it really is and it's actually really funny and quite silly uh i i loved it i Hmm. yeah it's it's really good if you guys can find it um i know there was like a dvd release not too long ago but it is also on eastern european (laughs) movies.com if you trust that Source which I've used before. Luckily, my stuff hasn't got stolen. But yeah, it was a uh, it was really great. And <clears throat> but what have you watched besides like?
1: Oh um, well, I can't remember. Like, cause I know we, we got a little delayed just cause of schedules and everything like that. But um, I promise, I promise we're gonna get back on track. But um, so I can't remember if I talked about seeing Dial of Destiny, which I did. And if I did talk about it, then. Good, because I'm not going to talk about it again. I'm not going to give that movie any more time. Uh, if you really, if you want to know what I think about it, you can ask me, and I'll tell you. I'll vo- you know. I'm just not going to volunteer anymore. Well, I mean, it's. I've heard people like the one thing I'll say is I've heard people be like, "No, man, it's good. It's like, and it's like, oh my God, like, it's." If all you've been served is shit for for like you know the last time you know like Crystal Skulls anything's gonna be fucking good you know what I mean but like I
0: forgot what we were talking about for a minute I still haven't seen it
1: oh Dial of Destiny yeah yeah well I'm just saying that like it's not a good movie um I didn't think it was a good movie I well let me put it this way I didn't think it was a good Indiana Jones film um and you know there's stuff in that movie that I was like maybe I gotta rewatch like the other ones just to see if like has it always been there and I've just never noticed it because I'm just yeah. like the the glamour. And, uh, no, it, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> the other ones are fucking, like, the original three are fucking great. Like, kudos to fucking Harrison Ford for, for sticking through and, like, and doing it, and, you know, I I do like a lot of the people in the cast, I just, the movie just didn't work for me, the... The de-aging, it's like if you're going to fucking de-age Harrison Ford and make him look like he's 40, do something with his fucking voice so it doesn't sound like an 80-year-old man like with like a 40-year-old's face. And then like also, when he's walking around and they've de-aged him, it's like he doesn't walk like he did 30, 40 years ago. He's, you know what I mean. He's older. Yeah. He's an older man. So it's like, so when you're watching a 40 year old Harrison Ford, but walking like an, an old man. It's like I just. Ugh. Um, oh wow. And like, I, yeah. Anyway, I, I feel like I haven't talked about it, but I don't really want to. Um, so I, uh, so you know, if you if it's your bag, that's awesome. I just it didn't do shit for me. Um, I walked out of that thinking I was so bored, and I never want to feel that way in an Indiana Jones film. I never want to feel like I've just been bored for two and a half hours um i saw the flash which did you see that I think oh no did,
0: i still haven't seen it i don't know um, if i'm going to to be honest like don't i kind of want to yeah
1: i mean look the michael keaton stuff is great although the friend and i the friend i saw it with we both kind of felt like it was like it was great seeing michael keaton play batman again it also felt like you were watching michael keaton play batman in a commercial you know Like, it just, there was something, like, there was something disconnected from it, and it wasn't just because it was a Flash movie, so that was the focus, it was, there was just something different about, like, seeing him, like, when he's playing, when he's in the suit, and he's saying the fucking lines, you're like, yeah, when it's the action sequences, and it's like, man, you know what I miss about the Tim Burton Batmans, is that, like, you believe that that was actually somebody, like, kicking the shit out of people, whereas this one felt a little (laughs) bit more like, I just, I I don't know. Uh, It didn't really do it for me. Here's the thing about The Flash, is that it's not that it's a bad movie, it's that it's a completely unnecessary film. Like, it just, it's it's neither good, it doesn't hurt anything, it doesn't make anything better. If that movie had come out years ago, I think people would have been way more into it, but I think since the Spider-Man No Way Home came out, which kind of, like, really, like, you know, nailed that tone. They were trying to go for the flash where it's like the flash is like funny and then it's really serious and it goes, you know, kind of juggles back and forth. Spider-Man did that way better and, mm-hmm. and it looked way better, you know? So the flash just was like, it's just too late. And then the only other thing I would say is that like, you know, Ezra Miller's performance in, um, in the flash is fine. It's, fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, it's not the most amazing performance where you could believe that DC or Warner Brothers would really double down on, you know, digging their heels in and backing Ezra Miller through and through. It's like, when you hear all the shit that he's, he's all the crap about him, you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, this performance in The Flash better be fucking amazing to, you know, to justify how much they're fucking like, nope, we're standing by Ezra Miller. It wasn't that amazing. It was just like, oh, okay, it was fine, you know? Um, there's a, there's a (laughs) sequence that people are going to be, like, really into, because it's, like, it's very, you know, it it calls back to, like, a lot of nostalgic stuff, beyond the Michael Keaton stuff, um, and cool, it just looked weird, like, the CGI in that, like, I'm not somebody who gives a shit about bad special effects, because I like a lot of movies with bad special effects, but, so it's not the special effects that didn't do it for me, it's just, it's just the movie just kind of felt flat. Um, I saw, um, Barbie. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And and for some reason, I don't, I'm not like the biggest fan of Greta Gerwig. And I don't know. I mean, what's that movie, Lady Bird? I liked it. I I liked it too. I heard a lot of it was plagiarized, but I don't know. That was like just rumblings on the internet then. But I don't know. And I I don't really care for her as an actress. (laughs) Mm. And so I feel like... No, Robbie? uh oh. what's her face? Greg Gerwig. Gerwig. Yeah. I like Margot Robbie, she's fine. Um I just she's like great. didn't wasn't interested in it. And maybe I'll definitely watch it like when it comes out of theaters. I just don't think I'm gonna travel to Uh-oh. a theater to watch it.
1: It was fantastic. I mean, like we we went to a twelve thirty showing. I really wanted to do Barbieheimer, but like I couldn't. Dude, I couldn't like, pull want off.
0: to kill myself in this world because we have something called Barbieheimer. It's just not for me. I'm not actually, that person.
1: T- I I know. We, I know. I get what you're saying, but I actually, I on the flip side of what I do like about it is that people are like. I, I like to be like, well, what are you going to see, Barbie or Oppenheimer? And people are like, fuck it, I'm going to do both. And I do love that. I do love that people are like, no, why I love do, that people are going
0: choose? to the theater for double features, like, at, you know, what, however they make them. Like, I'm just glad and, that people are going to the theater.
1: Yeah, and just, but also just the idea that nobody, you, you know, it's like, because I feel like people were trying to be like, oh, Barbie and Oppenheimer are coming out the same weekend. It's going to be this big battle. And it's like, no, people are just going to go see fucking both because they want to and they're excited. And like, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet because. Um, like literally like tickets have been sold out. Like it's been really hard, you know, really? to, yeah. And like, well, cause the Chinese theater is like, has like the biggest 70 millimeter screen in Los Angeles, apparently, or capacity to show that. I don't know why the era wouldn't be the considered to be the biggest one, but so the Chinese theater or the TCL theater, um, and all those tickets are sold out, you know, like they've been like, sold out for like, I think my friend of mine was trying to get tickets last week. He said the earliest he could get was today. Um, and then AMC, it's like, you know, it's just, but it's also a long movie. So it's like trying to figure out like, when can I go this week to see it? I have to sleep at some point so I can like, you know, function the next day. Um, but we went to see Barbie at 1230 at night on Friday, like the Friday night that it opened. And, uh, I loved it. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, it was way better than any movie that's called Barbie should ever be like, um, you know, and I'm saying this as somebody who likes the Masters of the Universe movie, but, like, <laughs> I was completely thrown by how well, how good this movie was. Like, it's really good. Margot Robbie's awesome. She's fantastic. And, like, she has, like a, you know, she's really good in this movie. I'm not trying to take away from Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, anybody in this movie. But Ryan Gosling fucking stole the whole fucking show. <laughs> he's, so, he's so fucking funny in that movie. And, like, my wife was just saying that her only nitpick, she loved it, too. Her only nitpick was that his Ken character seems like it has a bigger storyline and I'm like, well, I think Barbie's storyline is more heavier. Like uh-huh. it she has a more heavier storyline whereas his storyline is like, you know, I guess you can call it heavy, but it's more comedic, you know what I mean? So I feel like it him having the amount of time that he has to go run crazy with his story is just to kind of lighten the mood because like I, I I you know, it's not really a spoiler, but what sets Barbie off on this whole fucking the film is having an existential crisis like where she suddenly starts thinking about death and like that's fucking brilliant you know it's like it's a really great moment but like whereas he for you know for him he's got a complete he's got a very different story about like you know discovering the real world like the real world like our world and Mm -hmm. how you know shitty men run the world you know and how like how that would probably be exciting to somebody who lives in a world dominated by women um it was funny. Uh, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would definitely recommend seeing it. It's worth a drive if, if, you know. Um, and then I, a few days ago, I showed a friend of mine. He had never seen The Lost Boys, which is weird that he had never seen it, but um, I was happy to oblige. I was like, oh, I can fix that for you. So we screened Lost Boys at our place. And, um, and then I watched a movie called Monster A Go-Go, which was directed by two different people. Half of the footage was directed by Bill, this guy named Bill Rabane, who was a oh. independent filmmaker <clears throat> in the sixties and seventies, and the eighties. Who basically he was like just filming stuff out of, in Wisconsin. You know, I think he was from Chicago, but then he just like took a love, like a, a shine to Wisconsin, and he would just make these regional horror films. Anyway, he shot this movie, couldn't finish it. Herschel Gordon Lewis bought the footage that he had, shot a few like twenty more minutes or whatever, and then repackaged this movie called Monster Gogo it's ridiculous it's stupid um but i ha- it was in a box set that i was like that i have so i was like oh i'm going to check that out um i rewatched um pieces the uh mm-hmm. what's to say 79 1980 flick um sounds and, familiar uh little boy is making a jigsaw puzzle in the be- you know in the beginning of the movie uh, of a nude woman his mom catches him and admonishes him so he hacks her to pieces and then fast <laughs> forward to like 40 years later, and he there's a killer on a Boston campus. The movie takes place in Boston. It's clearly shot in Spain, but it takes place in Boston. (laughs) And, um, you know, there's a killer who's hacking up women and taking pieces of them. Hence the title. And, uh, you know, there's this detective who's played by, um... God damn, what was... Why am I drawing a blank on his fucking name? Um... Anyway, uh... Jesus Christ, I, uh, anyway, um, he was, I mean, he was, like, a, it was kind of, like, a, he was a famous actor, like, on television, and then he, like, um, you know, he started doing, like, these, like, sleazy exploitation films, um, in the late 70s, early 80s, and it's gonna kill me that I can't remember his fucking name. Um, (laughs) and his wife, uh, she's also in it, and she plays a, a, a tennis player who's also a... A um, detective. It was nineteen eighty two, by the way. So the movie's nineteen eighty two, and the actor I'm thinking of is Christopher George. Why was it? It's killing me. And his wife is Linda Day George, and so she plays a tennis instructor who's also a cop, or no, tennis player, like a famous tennis player who's now a detective, and she goes undercover at the college as a tennis instructor so she can help capture the ki- capture the killer. And like, um. Christopher George, who's, like, the lead detective on the case, he basically, like, deputizes this college kid to help them find the killer, and the kid's just, like, you know, he's a fucking... He's fucking everything that moves, you know? So he's, like, he's fucking chicks, and he's trying to help with the case. Like, on like, he He's supposed to be, like, this Lothario, like, this, like, all these women are just madly in love with him, but he comes off like a 15-year-old kid, you know? Uh, it's great. So, um, I, I rewatched that, and then uh, I started watching... And I've only watched one episode, but my wife and I were trying to find, like, a show that we could watch together. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. I was just kind of like, I don't know, why don't we watch Poker Face? Because I'd never, you know, I'd heard, I kept seeing those Hulu ads, the one that um Ryan Johnson, the show that he created with um, Natasha Leone, where she's like... Oh! She has this uncanny ability of being able to tell when people are lying. Yeah, did we and- talk
0: about this? Because... I just can I I had to stop with her. There's something about her voice that is really grating. I know it's like
1: I totally feel about Russian doll, and I which I liked a lot, but I just like why is she doing this? Like, why is she really like punching in this over the top? Maybe that's like, why I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but. But Poker Face, actually, it was funny because my, my wife fell asleep during the pilot because we, we watched it really late at night. And the next day she was like, should I, should I rewatch it? I was like, yeah, it reminds me of The Incredible Hulk. And she's like, what do you mean? And it's like, you know, like the first episode sets up this whole plot and now she's on the run. And, of course, every place that she's going to go to, she's going to help solve a crime there. You know, it's like the like, kind of like The Incredible Hulk where he like you have the, the opening episode where he becomes the Hulk. And then the rest of the series is him like on the run. Trying, you know, and then of course he has to Hulk out every time at, the, at least once in the episode to like save the day. Same thing, except for she's just really good at telling people are lying or not. Uh, Adrian Brody's in the first episode was pretty good. Um, I went and saw the band Sparks, which was like a huge, which was the oh, last band so cool. on my list of bands that I needed. To, I was like, I have to see these bands. Now yeah. I, was just, I was saying, like, after, now that I've seen Sparks, any other band that I see is going to be like a bonus, you know? But I've gotten to see you know, I got to see the Cure. I got to see Sparks. Sparks was a huge deal. It was a, you know, a lot of people forget that they're, they're from LA. A lot of people thought they were from England, and um, so them playing at the Hollywood Bowl was like a big home, you know, hometown mm-hmm. show for them. And then like Edgar Wright showed up at the end of the show and took took oh, a fun. photo of, the, took a photo of the whole audience because like you know the band like turned and faced, you know, had their backs to the audience and Edgar Wright took a picture of the band with everybody in the background it was really cool um the show was amazing um you know i don't know when the, i'm gonna get a chance to see them again so it was like i i definitely had to do it yeah. And i really i loved it it was great and then um and then we had bad sad news today uh one of my fucking heroes died um, i
0: know i know it's honestly i like got a bit teary just thinking about like
1: i did and like my 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 boss like messaged me, and he was like, you know, holy shit, Pee-wee's dead, and I was like, and I was like, nope, I don't believe it, I was like, you're full of shit, and I don't know why, because I was like, you know, when you find when I found out that he was like, se- like when I realized that he was 70 years old, I was like, it's not completely out of left field, no. but I was still like, no, I couldn't believe it, and I was like pretty crushed, especially considering that I, I was in a class like a week or two ago and i had just gotten done telling how everybody people people that how Pee Wee's big adventure was probably a perfect is a perfect film yeah it's like in my top four uh, top five movies of all time like favorite movies and um you know uh yeah it um it's actually it's in my top three because i think no it's top four um but yeah it uh it it, it it's amazing, and it, it killed me, and uh, I was really and, crushed uh, today. Like um, so
0: many, I feel like so many kids our age were like latchkey kids, you know, and so a big part of that was like watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, he was just like super cool. Like he yeah. did the voice for Flight of the Navigator. That's right. <laughs> And Buffy, of course, and, like, Blow, and, like, just, he did, like, so many, like, really cool type of things, and I don't know, it was just really sad to see someone from your childhood go like that.
1: Yeah, and, like, I was lucky, because, like, in 2000, and I want to say 10, um, uh, yeah, it was 2010, he, he, before he brought the Pee Wee show back, like he did the thing on Broadway. He had done it in LA and I had gotten tickets when like they went on sale and there, because there was such an overwhelming demand for like, I don't think they expected as many people to want to like see Pee Wee live that they had to reschedule it and move it to a bigger venue. So then they moved it to the club Nokia. And the cool thing is that for those of us who got tickets in advance, you know, when they first went on sale um, after the show, we were all invited down to like the stage where he did a fucking, like, a really intimate Q&A, you know? And, like, so at one point, he was standing as close to me as, like, my TV right next to me is. And I was just, like, the little kid in me was fucking going insane. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could literally reach out and, like, grab him. And, you know, I didn't because that would be fucking terrifying, and, you know, and I wouldn't want to do that. But uh, it was a a big deal to me. It was a really huge moment. And uh, so um, I was lucky to have gotten to see him do that. And then he took that show – And he brought it to Broadway, and all it was, all that show was, was his original stage show from 1982, um, the one he did, The Roxy at Midnight. This one was a little bit more kid-oriented, like, some of the the same, a lot of the same jokes, but then he kind of softened some of the jokes that were, like, because if you ever watched the HBO, original HBO special, which you absolutely should if you haven't (laughs) seen it, because it is, like, it's not raunchy, but there's definitely jokes that you're like, oh, that's not for kids, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, uh, and so we just basically he did that show just you know with combined Wee's playoffs with it a little bit and it was wonderful it was awesome because i think at that point he was like well there's gonna be kids there i can't do like like there's a joke in the original special where like jambi gets hands for the first time uh-huh. and he's like oh and as they're giving him to them he's like oh man there's something i've wanted to do with these for a long time and he disappears <laughs> and it's like when you're old when you're a kid you don't get that when you're older you're like oh, i get it you know yeah um and, you know, it also was, you know, the other things to note is that, like, Jombie, John, John, you know, like John Paragon, he died, um, like, I think, 2000 to 2021. Like, um, so, you know, we're losing these people. Like, a lot of the Playhouse are, we got we got Missy Vaughn and uh, fucking, and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, well, yeah, and, uh, and
0: Wayne White is still alive, making really cool sure. puppets but and like, art
1: phil hartman passed away you know is dead you oh, know he's, what I mean? like, he's been dead sure but i'm just pointing out that like you know because cassandra peterson basically referenced she's like i hope that P- paul and john paragon and phil are all reunited because they were all really close friends at the groundlings and that's they all yeah. developed all that t- stuff together so I mean, um that's, it's that's just sad when, when she when she said that i was like oh my god it's right like all three of those are, are all the three of those people are gone it's it's heartbreaking um but yeah, I
0: mean, we just lost Shane O'Connor. I am, I, f- I, like, I am. That was really sad. And then um, uh, I'm really sad about this because uh, he plays Fez from Euphoria. Very talented. Um, but he died Angus Cloud. I think that was his name. And that's the only thing I've seen him in. But he was like 25. Like, that's just, Jesus. you know, yeah. tragic. And he was probably, like, the most likable character out of that whole group, you know, of that show
1: really um yeah i've never seen it i've never watched oh, it before. well
0: maybe you should <laughs> sure uh, it's honestly really good like zendaya is just fantastic and and him um unfortunately he he played like this really likable role um endearing if you will and so it's just sad that you know he passed at such a young age
1: hmm. jesus well um i don't know yeah let's 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 swap let's switch over to our our movie of the day um so um i chose a serbian film not (laughs) not a serbian film the movie called that's
0: yeah it's exactly what you think about i think i when i read your text i was like wait what are we watching uh i feel like everyone who's seen it knows exactly, and everyone who hasn't seen it shouldn't see it. I mean, I, it's not something I would recommend. I still say I liked it for sure. the maniac masterpiece that it is, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah. That's not the one I picked. It's not so. a <laughs> We're not doing a Serbian yeah. film. We're doing a Serbian yeah, film. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, a movie called Leptorica, um which is translated to She Butterfly. And I had caught this a year ago. It was in that um, box set that Severn Films put out of folk horror.
0: Oh, okay. That I was thinking about all you know, Eyes of Fire mm-hmm. about V, like oh, just a ton of because
1: yeah, heavy on the folk yeah. horror, obviously. And all those both those movies are also in in that box set. So, um, it was directed by a Serbian director named George uh, uh, Kadelish. Kadilish?
0: Yeah. There's no way I was going to pronounce that. I looked it up because I wanted
1: at least. I didn't want to butcher. I it. wanted to get <laughs> I some. Want to I it. wanted to kind of land somewhere close enough, you know. George Kadilish, that's his name, um, and he uh, he's directed a few movies, mostly a lot of war films. I watched a, an interview with him where he's talking about a lot of the movies he dealt he, he directed like had to do with war, um, but he also directed another film which I'll get into in a second. But it is um, based on a a, a book by, um, I think from the, in 1800s, by, yeah. M- uh, okay, hold on, I got this one, Milovan Glicic, and he wrote a book, uh, called the, um, After 90 Years, and it was, it was the, one of the first vampire stories ever, um, written, and it was, like, a predated Bram Stoker doing Dracula, which is obviously not the first vampire one, but, like, it was, it's the most famous yes. one.
0: Just the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so the premise is there's a small town and um, and a small village, and they keep, um, there's the, they need the, everybody they hire to run this mill, you know, grind the flour and everything like that, uh, end up getting attacked <laughs> in the middle of the night by this creature and getting killed. Meanwhile, in the, in the town next door, there's this young guy who's like in love with this girl. Um, you know, in her, we don't know if it's her father, if it's her uncle, or whatever, he's not into it at all, so the boy's like, well, fuck this, if I can't marry you, I'm just gonna leave town, so he leaves town, goes to the next town over, and they're like, hey, we're having a problem with our mill, you should work there, and he goes, and, and, um, he decides he's gonna do it for the night, and then, of course, he gets attacked, but he survives, and (laughs) the villagers are like, Holy shit! Like you are the fucking man. We love you. Uh, you want You know. You should. You should. To- you deserve to marry that girl. So they go and they help him kidnap the girl, um, and then they're gonna get married. Um, I can't quite totally tell if she's into the idea or not. Like she. Earlier in the movie, she seems very into him, but then the whole kidnapping thing, or in the middle of the night. I don't know if she's really really big on. It. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm missing a very key plot point. He um, after he's attacked by this creature. It's a, you don't really you just it's in a shroud and it's got a hairy you only see the bottom half of its face so it's got like this hairy you know chin and jawline and like these you know long sharp fangs. Uh, anyway, he survives the attack and they find this old woman who you know is about the folklore of the area and she says oh there's this there's this vampire or this creature. So they go find the the, the supposed spot where this this creature was buried and they drive a giant stake into the into it. And then, then they go kidnap the girl, and they're gonna get married, and on the night of their wedding night, or the night before their wedding night, he sneaks into the room, her room, to kind of be like, hey, let's get, you know, let's get a little frisky. And he, start, and he starts, <laughs> he starts unbuttoning her, uh, her blouse, and then he sees a giant bloody hole where, you know, on, on her chest, he's like, what the fuck? And he looks up, and it turns out she's the fucking creature, and then she basically jumps on his back, and forces him to go back to where the stake was driven. He re- releases the stake, and then, you know, of course, she ends up getting killed because he ends up staking her again. And a little confusing. Um, and then the end, the last shot of the movie is him lying there, dead or asleep, with a... I guess it's supposed to be a butterfly, but it looks to me like a moth just sitting on his, <laughs> on his body. Um, so, anyway... The, i like that
0: you you just explained the entire movie it, i mean the movie was only like an hour it's only long an hour long, long and it's it's oh. an hour too long for me it's <laughs> also
1: like uh it's it's well it's a, it's a, it's a it's more or less like a fairy tale you know it's like it's your traditional fairy tale where like the main character usually a guy has to do this like incredible act of courage or bravery to win the hand of a princess or a woman that he's got a thing for this just happens to twist it on its end the vampire that that they're referencing in this is an actual vampire in Serbian folklore. It's not a woman. It's a man. This is a twist. Um, and I want to get into all that in a second, but um, that's the story. Um, so before we guide dive, well, before I dive too deep into it, what did you think? Cause I, you clearly did not want, I
0: mean, no, I mean, I, I understand. It's like one of the first Serbian horror films. There's a, and this was 1973, I think. You know, um, and so some places are, I guess, not allowed or late, late to the genre um, because of what they're allowed to make and do. But I, it's so boring. It's, so boring. it's like the most boring thing in in terms of like early folklore type of horror movies i feel like v is just so much better <laughs> uh but and it, i i don't hate it it just was like incredibly boring until the very end where which i thought it was hilarious um to the point of her like she, he realizes it's her and then she attacks him and she's like riding on his shoulders all the way to the grave it like made me fucking lol well, i mean
1: that's it's actually something i want to bring up is because um you know like i said in this original shorts in the original story she's not the vampire but the director changed it um and he you know he, he wrote the screenplay and he changed it to make it so that she's, the twist if you want to call it a twist is that she's been the vampire the whole time she's been attacking people but when she rides his back like that all i could think about was v cuz the same fucking yeah. thing happens in that and yeah. i got really i was i, I kind of like got really fascinated with that. I was like, the connection between two, because V is also a, a, uh, some people consider it a vampire film, some people consider it like a a witchcraft film, you know, or or which, you know, and I'm talking about also the story by Gogol, you know, Um, but that's one thing Mm -hmm. that happens that you read about in folklore is that these creatures, these women creatures, like, you know, a succubus, or there's, I think it's a boo hag, or, you know, the the creature in V, they ride, (laughs) um, yeah, they ride their victims like a horse in the case of V she rides him across the country you know like he's like you <laughs> know he starts running so fast that he's like he's basically flying in the air but like and that was a really fascinating image to me and it's really interesting that he did pull that from that story yeah and at first I was like oh that's a coincidence until I read later on that he did a film in I believe it was 1991 called The Holy Place which starts he uses the story of V as the jumping point for another story but like he kind of adapts v and then kind of goes off on his own little thing uh-huh. so he's clearly aware of that story and is clearly aware of that film um because the visuals just like i mean it, they didn't have you know even for the even for v because remember i thought v was kind of laughable when we saw it but i think most of it was because we watched it dubbed because we couldn't find the subtitled one so we want yeah. and the dubbing was just like you know, and I, I'm not a pro- person who's got a problem with dubbing. I love Italian horror films or, like, whatever, but, like, I couldn't get into the atmosphere of V because the guy who is dubbing the lead character's voice was just so oh, ridiculous yeah, so... that I was like, I just want this guy to get fucking killed so we can move on to a different character. But um, I, I think that's an interesting thing about folklore, like, that, that image of the, the the woman riding the man like a horse, you know? Like, um, so I, I really, I don't know why that really stuck with me. Plus I also thought that the weird noises that she makes when she's going to attack people, like the weird, it almost sounds like an owl, but it also,
0: or a monkey. monkey. Yeah. Like an owl. It creeps me out. Like Like, howling. It's, it is, no, it's super crazy. It's super creepy. And also I feel like it's used in other movies and I couldn't recount it, but like, you know, you have a very animalistic sound come uh, like a howl. mm -hmm. I guess it, it comes in terms of vampires too, because
1: yeah, and just like it put me in like I I I think part of the reason my folk core always gets under my skin is because of, you know, growing up in certain parts of, of South Jersey where it's very rural and even parts of New England where it's very woodsy. You know, like it's just the idea of like um a sense of history that really creeps me out. Like where my aunt li- <laughs> where my aunt lives in New Jersey and this is where she's lived in since I was like 5 years old. Uh, it's, been a little, it's a bit more developed now, but it didn't used to be dev- as developed, but, like, you would go down this long, kind of a main, not a main road, but, like, a normal, you know, road that didn't have any streetlights, really, and then you would make a right turn, or a left turn, depending on where you're coming from, um by where there was this old church. I mean, like, an old church. It's a small church, and there was a cemetery right next to it, and you know that some of those those headstones were, like, go date back to, like, the 1800s, the 1700s, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. how old they were. And, like, and then you would just go down this, you know, this road in the dark, like, with these woods all around you, like, just trees that would just, like, swallow any light, and you would go down these, like, long, dark roads, and then you would go down my, my aunt and uncle's long driveway. there long, you know, they... It's it was just fucking horrifying, and, like, it was always that sense of, like, isolation and, um, and, like I said, like, history, you know, like, and, and you know, New York's, New York, New Jersey's got its own folklore, which I've talked about, you know, and, and it's, it's always creeped me out, but it's always that sense of, like, things just the old way, or the old things just still being there, it just really, I know that sounds really strange, and I wish I could articulate it better, but it always creeped me the fuck out, and, um, and so the idea of this got like these these men spending the night in like the woods in a mill, like a small mill, and then being like waking up to being attacked by this hairy vampire thing freaks me <laughs> out. Like I I wasn't like scared. I was, but I was definitely like I could put myself in the context of like oh, if I was you know was that guy, it's
0: kind of similar to uh, that Spanish movie that we did too, where you know she goes off into the country and then she you know off the train. Uh, so, uh, and then tombs of the blind dead yeah but that yeah exactly it's a uh, you know a place that's old and i feel like you know things come to life and it really freaks you
1: out it does it's it's again it's it's and that's what's always fascinating about folk horror like when we did when we first did this this run of europe we we covered blood on satan's claw which is part of the considered part of the uh unholy trinity of, of folk horror yep. you know and like you know that movie is a it's a period piece, But it's also, again, it's just the idea of, like, the old way or the old world coming back. And that always, like, really just got under my skin, you know? And, like, when people have, like, you know, um... What's the word I'm looking for? Folkloric medicine or, you know, superstitions, you know, to ward off, like, illnesses or... It's just weird to me, you know? It It gets under my skin in a good way. Like, I love folk horror movies because they freak me out, but I think it has to do with the fact that, like... You know, as a kid, I was just surrounded by isolation and the woods. You know, and like you don't know what's going on in the woods. You don't know what's gone on in the woods. You know, you don't know what's happened on the 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 land that you're on. You know, it's just so <laughs> it's so uh it's so eerie to me. So like, I think that's one of the reasons why this movie kind of stuck with me, even a year or so after seeing it. That I was just like, oh, you know, I re- like I said, I know it's it, it, it's a slow burn, you know, and um.
0: Yeah, you could call it a slow burn. And there's definitely it like slows the burn all the way to the end. And there's end. definitely like
1: <laughs> weird, almost comedic interludes that I feel like don't really service the movie very well. Like before, like the the young guy um, goes to the town next door and everything. Like there's all this stuff with like this priest in the town and the village and like all the different villagers who are like freaking out about their the you know people not coming out of the mill alive and everything like that but it's they do it in such a comical way that it almost kind of takes you out of it but i think that the atmosphere of the film like the 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 you know the the, the cinematography all that i think it's really kind of nice and it's like obviously this wasn't a huge budget they didn't have a big budget to work on i think this was a, actually a television film as well um but i really i really liked it i i what's so weird
0: i mean i i it's not weird that you liked it it's just not a good film <laughs> i don't know Although I, I kind of, so I watched them back to back and maybe I wish I didn't because I feel like Strangler versus Strangler is like such a better film, especially in terms of like Serbian films mm-hmm. that you could watch. Um, but also they're 11 years apart. But the cool thing about it is, is like how uh, much they did in those years, yeah. you know, to like go from a movie like this to making a movie like Strangler versus Strangler. Sure.
1: Sure and like i don't know there's also like a weird undertone of sexuality in this movie that i really liked you know like
0: there always is in folklore though i mean sure. especially japanese folk like there's always a weird sexual tension or element blood and blood and satans called. yeah and i
1: wonder if it definitely. yeah absolutely and i wonder if a part of that is because is like it is, comes out of a fear of specifically women being you know sexual or or the the possibility of women being sexual, you know? It's, like, there's something, like... There's something about the, the 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 young... The woman in this film, the one that he's in love with, and when we see her in the beginning, there's something... There's kind of, like, this, like, innocence to her, but there's also kind of, like, this, like, undercurrent of, like, seductiveness and se- sexiness. And then, if you can look past the fact that she's, like, covered in hair and she's got, like, large fangs, when she's <laughs> riding his back or riding his shoulders, it's, like, I don't know. There's something really... Maybe I'm just learning things about myself watching this movie that I was like... But <laughs> I was like, that's kind of a weird, you know, kind of sexy thing. And, like, um, but it all... It, what kickstarts that whole, like, the the climax... I think
0: it was because it was kind of in slow motion, too. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, why did they look like they're having fun?
1: <laughs> but it all gets kickstarted. Like, the whole her attacking him starts because he's like... He sneaks into a room, and he's going to, like, he's going to... Yeah, his intentions were not pure anyway. Exactly, you know? you know? So, I, I really all of those weird kind of, like, I know it's a flawed film, but there's some stuff going on in the background, like, underneath the surface of this movie that I think is really interesting, if not, you know, good. Um, and I definitely think it's worth checking out, because it's just, it it's it's a very strange little piece of culture, you know? Um, probably I'm sure it's not the best Serbian horror film, but... <laughs>
0: I guess it beats a Serbian
1: film. I, you know what? I I, I imagine it does. I, I, Serbian, a Serbian film is one that I've never needed felt the need to see, you know?
0: Wait, you've never seen no. it? Oh. No, I, I definitely feel like everyone should see it at least once. Mm-hmm. At least, like, people who... Yeah, I think everyone should see it once. Maybe not people who aren't into horror movies or, like... I, I don't know. I do feel like it's one of those films that you should see, but maybe don't
1: want to see again ever, like Salo. Sure, sure. Or like Last House on Dead End Street, which, I, like I said, is like a movie that I sought out. It was like kind of – Last House on Dead End Street was in the 70s what Serbian film is now, you know, where it's like that, like, yeah. holy fucking shit, somebody, a human being made this movie – and what, yeah. what's going on? Like, it reminds me very much, and I, I bet it's the same thing with the Serbian film, but it, Last House on Den Street reminded me of a, a quote that Wes Craven had said um, in an interview a while ago where he's like, when, it, when you're making a horror film, the first thing that the audience needs to be afraid of is the director. They can't, they mm-hmm. have to feel like the director. Like, it, when you throw a curveball, like, in, in Hills of Eyes, when, you know, when Dee Wallace gets killed and everything like that, and you're like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming, you know what I mean? Like, and then, it makes it so that when the when the, when the family kidnaps the baby, you don't know if the baby's gonna make it out alive, you know? And so, I, I that's how I feel about watching Last House on Denton Street, where I'm like, I don't know if I'm more scared of the movie, or freaked out by the movie, or more, more freaked out by the person who made this movie. And the same thing with, um, with, I'm sure, with the Serbian film where it's like, kind of like a, a, a human centipede. But I actually, but I just thought it was. Did you see
0: Spoon? Yeah, you see and, I just,
1: but, but in the sense that, like, I think that was the idea, the intention was to have that effect of, you know, be be thrown off by the director. You don't know what, what's going to happen, but I feel like it was just too ridiculous to really care, you know? It was too. It, it ended up leaning into, like, yeah, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. There was nothing, no, no surprises, <laughs> you know? Um,. So, yeah, I mean, that was Leptorica, um, She Butterfly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love – it definitely gives um, an opening to the genre, especially in different countries and seeing, like, what they do and what their movies are like. And somehow, like, it's very similar to a lot of other things, which is cool because it's different but completely the same.
1: It's a window to their what, what, the, the things that are going on with them either at the moment – you know, and like how they're trying to tell something about what's going on in their country or their region, like in that moment by using folklore, or it's sometimes it's just their fucking folklore, you know. And it's just like it, it, it kind of gives you an insight on like how people thought back then in that part of the world, you know, how people, the things that people did, and I think that's always really fascinating. That's one of the things I like about when we did this last time when we were going different, going to these different countries and covering these movies, is that you get like a really kind of a glimpses like their their customs their their social you know attitudes you know and their their weird hang-ups their weird things that freak them out you know like um i I find that fascinating you know even right down to when we watch mr vampire you know the one with the hopping vampires and the kung fu i I was like that's that i found that fascinating you know so i like this movie
0: I know you did. I mean, that doesn't make it bad, I guess. <laughs>
1: and here's the thing: is that like, it may, it, I will say this. Watching this again has made me want to revisit V, and because I own it now, and I just was like, oh, I want to watch it yeah. in the way I should watch it. You know, with the Russian language, you know, the Russian dialect and everything like that. None of the weird dubbing and everything because it just didn't work. Because uh, there was parts of V that I thought were really like you know, I really was getting into. It. And then that fucking guy would open his mouth and I'd be like, fucking A.
0: <laughs> Sometimes that honestly makes all the difference. I mean, there's been some talk about like subtitle versus dubbed. Um, but I always lean to, cause some people don't like to read, you oh, know? And him. so they prefer, I know, but don't you want to hear the original actor's voice? Like I, uh and how they use the inflection. Oh, no, no. Like I mean, that. like f-
1: anybody who complains, they don't want to read. I'm like, fuck them. Cause like, it's not going to kill you to read a fucking movie, you know, like, um, it really isn't. And like, you get to hear exactly what you said. You get to hear that, like that voice and you get to hear that, those words, you get to hear that language. Um, it's beautiful. Um, again, as somebody who loves Italian films, um, especially from the seventies and eighties where like dubbing is like, it's all dub- Yeah. or like in the, in like, in case of some of these movies, people, everybody's speaking it when they're acting, they're all speaking a different language and then it's dubbed afterwards. And to me, I find that really... I think it lends to like that weird surreal quality of those Italian films, of these Spanish films where it's like, that person doesn't know what the fuck that person's saying, and that's why their reactions are so different, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it, it gives it a weird quality. I'm glad that I did not watch this in any sort of dubbed version, you know, just because I, I feel like...
0: I don't—I wouldn't have been able to get through I know. it. I already I know. know.
1: I know. I <laughs> know. But yeah, that was, that was my pick. I, I, I stand by it. Like I said, it's not, it's not great. It's definitely flawed, but there's something there. And I'd be interested to hear what people have to say about if they they could get a weird feeling too.
0: No, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. It's just, you know, whether or not you have time to sit through this slow.
1: An hour and 11 minutes. I think you've got time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I feel like if you like, I mean, and we've done a few of these movies already, you Mm -hmm. know, these old um, across the globe, and they are, like you said, very interesting to watch, but I feel like you have to be in to what's behind it and what it means to that region to have made it, so... It's like one of those things. It's a it's a I I took it as a learning tool, but as a fun tool, yes. I probably wouldn't watch again.
1: That's fair. I don't expect anybody, to, I don't expect you to watch it again. But yes, that's exactly why I like these movies and I like when we do this. And this is all your idea, but like I love I love <laughs> I love doing this because it really does like it gives you like I said, the, it's that little bit of um an insight into the way yeah. it, you know cuz fuck man, like I don't know. When I, when I think back on, like, some of the, like, you know, even a V or even this movie, I'm like, man, some American films from, you know, are pretty boring, you know, because it's like, yep, just. No, totally. Yeah, just,
0: they definitely are. So,
1: go figure. But, yeah, ch- I don't know. Check it out. I think it's on Shutter I don't know if you watch it on Shutter
0: Oh, yeah. It's on. So, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, they trick you. So, I must have signed up for some AMC thing on Prime. Mm-hmm and so i had access to this movie because of that subscription Ah. so if you have prime and amc um it's on there you can watch it at your leisure it does have like a pretty good translation Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and i think maybe tubi had it tubi has everything yes tubi
1: definitely has it um i I do think it's on shutter um so check that out and then um yeah we'll be in i don't know where we're gonna be because it's gonna be your pick and uh and we'll see. Yeah, that.
0: somewhere secret. You'll have to stay tuned. Oh, I like that.
1: We'll, we'll be uh we'll be on a regular <laughs> schedule guys. So uh we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.